I'm like, well, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Um, I dated a boy named Spike for a while who was really into paintballing and he would show me his bruises. And I was like, well, no, not ever doing that. Thank you very much. I guess like if you're into like, you know, that type of masochism in a way, like that's a safe way to get that done. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Julia, you can do all the right things, have all the right moves. <laughs> like being in Horror Movie Survivor Guide and doing this show with my best friend, that's a right move. That's Ding. the rightest move. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Welcome, everybody. you guys, to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry. <laughs> I'm Julia. This week, we're talking about 2020's Paintball Massacre. Title of this episode is It Was Just School, but it's never just school, guys. Well, was it? It never is. It really can't be. Like, school, as I always tell the young kids, I feel like a grandma today. I Always tell those young kids that school never ends. Yeah. There's always some hierarchy, some pecking order that you're dealing with, and you think the clicks stop in school, and it's like, no, Mm-mm. you still kind of have to deal with like different levels of classism and just all the isms keep kind of going on, and school yeah. is all part of that. I was so disappointed when I realized that a lot of people never grow out of the junior high stage, like they never do. It's still the like, let's talk about somebody behind their back and let's like use this manip- like it's so stupid. And I'm like. We don't need it, guys. But but even though there's the cool people like Terry and I who are not into it, there's so many people that like it's just a thing. So this movie has something to do with that. So this movie My whole was- industry's built on that though. Yeah. So it's like this definitely dives in. I love it. Go on, go on. Uh this movie uh was written by a friend of ours, uh Mr. Chris Regan, who we met at UEA, uh University of East Anglia in Norwich, UK, where Terry and I met and uh Chris was there in the writing program. And look, and now he's written a film that we're talking about. So dreams Full come circle. true. So this is the good stuff that comes out of school, right? You know, you meet yeah. people and you make some friends that are lifelong friends and uh so not everything's terrible about about those experiences That's very but true they can sure torn quick <laughs> uh and this is movie was directed by darren barry so uh as the title would imply some paintballing and some massacring will be happening in this movie Absolutely. Uh, as advertised. Um, and I love this setup of, you know, uh, a, a reunion bringing you together to paintball, you know? <laughs> I can't think of, So I've been to my, I went to my 10 year reunion, I went to my 20 year reunion and they're mm-hmm. just, the the thing is like, like you say about school, it's like you do fall back into that thing and pe- you hope that people will have grown up, but actually they're exactly the same. You're like, oh, I didn't really like you then. I don't really like you now. Like it just the same, you know? So like I think about some of those people and I'm like, do I want to pay PayPal with those people? Hell to the no. no. I think it's similar, honestly, with family reunions, like people fall into roles that they've been that people were introduced as. Do you know what I mean, though? So it's like even if you've broken from that mold or changed your life and done something completely different, as soon as you're with that old group of people, it's like you all fall into your old hierarchy. So even if things have felt like they changed, 
maybe they haven't. So, so this movie, uh, you know, you, with the title like Paypal Massacre, you don't expect it to be opening on a gentleman about to commit suicide. Which is like, oh, okay. Right away, what my concep- like conception of what it was going to be was gone. And it's like, okay, we're starting somewhere I wouldn't expect. Interested. Same. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Guys like ceremoniously like taking off his jacket and setting aside his wallet and his cell phone by the side of a bridge and a beautiful like English countryside. But he just had a nice little like panning moment with him looking like, oh, he looks like a nice, sweet guy. And just like, oh, no, this poor, sweet guy is not not feeling okay. And then we flash forward one week later and he's going to this school reunion and you're like, oh, was he up against you know, the thoughts of like having to see these people again? What well, is it? Yeah, what well, was causing him to do it? But I feel like that saved his life because it's the event notification that catches attention that he doesn't jump because he's like, oh, somebody's here. So, but the, you know, that's always interesting when you have a character that starts out suicidal because you're like, oh, they're at the edge anyway. So they're willing to do anything. And so you have this kind of like no holds barred feeling about somebody, even though he looks so sweet and my mannered, but you're like, oh, so it's just going to go down. I can't wait. A hundred percent. So we have this incredibly awkward reunion scene, which takes place in like a pub in somewhere that's just like you don't. So we have we introduced to Jessica, who is uh, kind of our, our heroine in the film. And she is actually the girlfriend of like everybody's buddy. So she she was like, uh, I don't really fit in and I don't really want to be here, but I'm here with my boyfriend. And then the boyfriend pieces out and you're like, well, now everything's Stands her up. terrible. Yeah. And it's not even the boyfriend. This is her fiance now. Yes. And so, but he literally is everyone's like BFF and they all like miss him. Simon was everything. He was the guy. Um, and this is the most awkward. I love this reunion because it, it honestly, it reminded me of the first like 10 minutes of my 20 year reunion. Um Love you guys if you're any of you are listening. Uh, but it was so awkward because it was like a handful of us were there. So it was a very quiet kind of beginning and everyone's kind of like, uh. We, I mean, we tangentially know each other like everyone kind of does in this, I think, too, where you, you've you Instagrammed or Facebook stalked each other a little bit. You've got the social media aspect. You already kind of know where everyone kind of falls in, in line here. Um, and I love the bartender just like taking the piss. He's making fun of everybody. I'm like, why are you guys here? This is BS. This is such such a stupid idea. And I love that he already is just like negging this whole experience as the sage bartender often does. So yes, you have a a situation that everybody feels, you know, and it's the popular kids are so popular and don't want to talk to the unpopular kids. Get over it. Get over it. It's fine. So it turns out that they, they have this paintball game that they have prepared for the next morning. And Simon is supposed to be there, which is Jessica's fiance. But Simon is MIA, so why don't you just take Simon's place? Uh, and Jessica is not the kind of girl who would enjoy something like this in any way, shape, or form. Tells them that, but they're like, "Well, we have to have a full team, or we can't play." So you kind of have to. So she's bullied, and you know she she seems like she had been bullied by these same people in school. So it's this kind of thing where you're in this loop of not being able to get out of that. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. We also have, um, she has a flask that she carries that she keeps like looking longingly at, but, but not. But she's not get, dipping into it. And I was kind of worried. I was like, oh no, oh no. Is she dealing with alcoholism? Like, what is this about? And so, um, and I, she really looks like she could use a drink though. This she does. She needs to come down. kind of time and place to like social lubrication. I know, you know, I don't, not that I condone alcoholism, but I also do support social lubrication if you're going to need it in a situation like this. <laughs> she looks like a tense woman. She looks like she, she already has a lot on her mind. And, and there's this awkward vibe between her and, and Simon. Obviously he stood her up 
which is not cool. But then there's also like the way she talks about him, the way other people talk about him. It seems like he's there's something up with him, but we don't really know exactly what it is yet. Like he might be a little manipulative is what we're we're gathering a, a little lot bit here and there. And yeah. So like, you know, he's not the mean person who's going to punch you in the face, but he is the mean person who's going to like set plans in motion that will eventually take you down, which is kind of worse in a way, you know? Much worse. He's the guy, he's like a Svengali or whatever. Like he's the guy's like, ah, oh, he's behind the scenes, like, you know, but and orchestrating everything that's happening around Pull the him. strings. He's, He's a super control control freak. Yes. Yeah. Pulling all the strings like a mad puppeteer. <laughs> yes. Puppet uh, master. So uh, shout out to Katie Brand as uh, Marshall Shelley, who is running this paintball establishment because she's hilarious. And I was so in love with her. And I was like, yes, more of her, please. She's delightful. Okay, the whole that whole Marshall crew of the paintball crew that are running this. So they, yeah, they, you know, they're doing this paintballing the next day, all hungover as all get out too um and just like you know it's 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 brutal I, it reminds me of going with some of my best girlfriends to vegas and they would insist on going to the gym when we, we would go there oh, on, who does that yeah, on, <laughs> good question um and so some friends okay and just because they were like it's a good way to get the alcohol out from the night before so you can go party again <laughs> the next ridiculous. night and we would like go sweat it out on the treadmills and then like wow so you do like a strenuous activity like clearly probably still intoxicated do you know what i mean though like i just... didn't know like drunk exercise i haven't been party that hard you know i guess i gotta party harder i think so and uh, also i think it depends on if you have like fitness friends and they are you know yeah. they're gonna get you out there right and with you know with this group in paintball massacre you have the one guy who wants to be doing this and everybody else is like fuck how do I get talked into this? He wants to be doing this. Like he is living for it. Yes. Like he has brought his own gear um, and brought his own like tactical like equipment. And he has his own special like professional grade paintball gun that gets quickly apprehended by the marshals on the paintball field being like, no, no, no. You have to use the ones we have here. That's a little too fancy for the people here. They're not going to know what to do with that. So uh, we're going to have to take that gun from you. So I, I have to ask you now, have you played paintball before? I have not played paintball before. Like in my mind, I had made up that I had. And then as we were talking about it, I think last week I was like, wait, have I? And I was like, no, actually, I have not ever played it. I think I just am terrified. I don't really like guns that much. I've, I've shot a few of them in my lifetime out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. Um, but uh, no, no, thank you. Okay. I haven't even laser tagged. Like I, oh, I wow. no. Okay, so I um, I laser tagged a few times. I actually, here's a, a fun Julia fact for you. Uh, I laser tagged with Omri Katz once, who just happened to be at the laser tag place I was in. And I was like, well, this okay. is fucking awesome. Um, but I don't, I didn't like it because I don't like feeling hunted and I don't like hunting people. And so those feelings are very uncomfortable to me. So even laser tag, it's stupid. I get it. You're in like in a mall. There's like stupid lighting. I understand it's all fake. I'm not even going to get hurt. I get it. But inside, I'm like, no, nope, don't like it. Uh, so taking that to the next level and involving pain, I'm like, well, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Um, I dated a boy named Spike for a while who was really into paintballing, and he would show me his bruises. And I was like, well, no, not ever doing that. Thank you very much. I guess like if you're into like, you know, that type of masochism in a way, like that's a safe way to get that done. But I also am not into like the hunting feeling. I think that's just, you know, America and <laughs> not and not being I'm not really into guns. I'm scared of them <laughs> in that respect, too, even with paint. I 
Right. And you have to also remember, you know, we're watching this from an American standpoint where guns are kind of everywhere, but you're talking about England where guns are nowhere. Right. And like, so that's not a usual experience you would have or owning or touching or being near a gun. And obviously this is a paintball gun. It's not a real gun, but still. Yeah. I mean, the only way you're really doing that is if you were like a hunter or something like that, but it's not the, not the same thing at all. Not the same kind of culture. And these guys are, you got to understand are very different. Like we've got Nathan, who's like a chess club guy. You know what I mean? They'll like, we've got, um, you know, they're they're all these they've got a, a former military guy, but he doesn't seem like he wants to even hold a gun either mm-hmm. um, because he's been through some crazy stuff. And we find out later, you know, he's got like it looks like he's got wounds and shrapnel on him. Um, you know, we've got just these people do not they're not they're not uh, they're not fighters is what I would say. They right. none of them except the one uh, seem like they would ever, ever do that. One of them is a cop. And as you know, in England, they don't carry guns either. So he's like, ah, I don't really do that either. Um, and then there's one of the girls is a carpenter and one of the guys is a lifeguard. So yeah. (laughs) And, uh, in a horror movie way, we know where they're in trouble when their phones are collected. So they don't have access to their phones. You're like, well, this is going to be a problem, isn't it? As soon as Marshall Shelley's like, put him in the hat and you had to get rid of their phones. I was like, oh, no, no communication. Okay, okay. We are in a horror movie for sure. Because as soon as you take down the lines and modes of communication, you're done for. Yes. So it, it begins and you have, it's, it's you know, it's fun because you have this other team, which is really scary looking that they're up against. Um, and they go out and it's, you know, every character's different reaction to it and how they're dealing with this. And you have the people who are super into it. This is brill. And then and the know- guy who was super into it, Aiden, actually found his way to get on the other team. Like he like set it up at the beginning where he's like, actually, because he knows he's going to lose with those set of losers that have no clue what they're doing and are too hungover. We got Laura who doesn't want to put on her full uniform either. Like, so we've got them not it's- like, they're not sexy uniforms, you know? I mean, wearing a coverall can kind of be sexy, but like that's a particular type of look that is definitely not her brand of sexy for yeah. sure. <laughs> Too baggy. Um, and, you know, I think that all all of the characters are introduced. And I think, you know, it's so important in a horror movie to have characters you connect with or are interested by, because if you don't, then you don't care if they get killed. And so I feel like this does this movie does a good job at setting up everybody's character quite early. So you're like, okay, I kind of understand where everybody's coming from. Uh, we do have a character, Sarah, who is our stoner character, who uh, loves the Fast and the Furious movies. And so like she, her monologues about Fast and the Furious. So I've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, and these kind of made me want to watch them a little bit because it feels like, wow, he's really selling Julia, it. Right? We're gonna have to have a Fast and Furious marathon one weekend. Look at her. Look at her. She's like, I don't know. We'll watch don't at least know. two. We'll watch at least two. Okay. I don't have anything against car chases and, and stunts. I'm sure it's awesome, but I also just I don't like, care. We're doing it. All right. We're doing it. All right. Now I'm gonna have to think of a series that you're gonna have to sit through for me. <laughs> Dude, I will do it. You tell me. I'm probably gonna I'm game for I watch almost anything. I know that's why you're I awesome. Think. Yeah. So, so we also um, have a, a a board that is set with everybody's teams um and their names all listed so we know who's a kill there. list might be. <laughs> Well, it's paintball kill list. It's like when you're out of the, we're knocked out of the paintball thing too. So it really is a kill list. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. why this game does not call to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a while, everybody's walking around, everything seems fine, but then they notice like, where's the other team? Uh, so they all go towards a fort where they're assuming that the other team's there. But when they go in, everybody's been massacred, paintball massacred. 
They haven't just been paintball. They've been actual massacred. So yeah, yeah, yeah. not the paintball. Like they've actually, these people are actually massacred. And at first they think it's like, I love this. They think they got punked. Like it's yeah. a stunt. Yeah. Lauren, um, Lauren's a name. It doesn't even look real. <laughs> and it's like literally people's like, you know, like I like gouged out and like, you know, arms, like just like they're dismembered and they've been hatcheted and, and literally like, you know, slaughtered um, in I, this. I love that fort. Lauren, who is our, our, our like uh, our hot influencer, famous, you know, hot babe character who just doesn't give a single fuck in this entire movie and will just do anything. And like she just goes over and like stick her stick her hands on like dead people. And it's just like and then tastes it. And that's when she's like, oh, I'm like, wait, you just like, why would you do she that? She liked blood because she thought it was going to be like candy blood. She thought it, she literally thought it was set up. She's that consumed in herself thinking that someone's going to do this stunt because she's there too, because she's got like a little bit of Insta fame um, or some sort of notoriety on the internet or reality show fame or whatever it is that she's really does. And she's <laughs> interesting because, you know, you have like the quote unquote, like bitch character, right? Which she is, but that she's also kind of a badass as well. And I'm like, I kind of hate her, but I also really like her. Like she's just kind of getting shit done, doesn't care. And like, let's do it. She's really fun. Like, she seems like the girl you would want to go out on the town with, though, because you would definitely get into some trouble and just like. But she would also be so mean to you. <laughs> yeah, but you would also kind of like it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's those true. people you're like, oh, she was a bitch to me. That was great. Like, I don't know. Like, there's there's a, there's a certain level of person. It's like if you went out with Paris Hilton, I imagine, you know what I mean? They're like, I, I was like, I was like, if she was a bitch to me all night, I'd be like, oh, my God, I hung out and she was such a bitch. It was great. I like, could not. You could not pay me enough money to go out with Paris Hilton. No fucking way. Uh-uh. Oh, I would love it. Uh, but Lauren, Lauren, yeah, she did say uh, uh -huh. I had my phone. So this could be going for my Insta. So like, this is the kind of person you have. So um, they didn't. Then 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 they find their uh, friend Aiden with his eyes gouged out. So and again, they think it's fake. So they keep going over like poking it and stuff. And you're like, no, 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 not fake. And so it's yeah. not where you have these people who are like, oh, these are just these other dudes we don't know. And now it's starting to get personal. So you're like, okay that's going to be a problem, but everybody's all split up in this movie. And so there's, and it's something that, you know, usually in movies, like, please don't split up, but like, they've already been split up. So like they're working in groups and don't know where their other teammates are. Yeah. They definitely keep splitting the party. And they also notice that the names on the board, the kill list have been crossed out for those that have actually been killed. Um, and so that's how they can keep checking. So, you know, we're going to have this is going to be a touchstone as we continue on in the film to keep track of who's still around. Um, yeah, because they have no so. way to communicate with each other. So everybody's kind of cut off. So um, as they're walking, uh, Dan uh, steps on a landmine. And so there's this moment where like, now what do you do? How do you step off it? What's going to happen? Uh, and is this is crazy. We just watched The Five Bloods recently, and there's definitely some landmine stuff. Don't want to spoil that, but check it out. But I was like, oh, we were prepared. I was very invested. I was like, oh, don't move. He can't move now. Yeah, and I was like, oh, are they going to use the same trick? Do we? Is, is that really the trick? Uh, but the, there is no trick. Uh, Lauren just shoots him, so he jumps and steps off it. And, the, and then it's like, it's not. It's not armed. But again, even if it had blown up, she don't care. Don't matter to her. No, but then it did blow up like right as soon as he was off, though. So yeah, she it's it's like she was ready to move on. She didn't want to be stuck there waiting for him, and wanted to get away from the killer. So that was her yeah. instinct to kill while she was getting away from a killer. Ugh. Uh, and we have this, you know, a wonderful like impassioned speech going on as well about like we have to rile up and do all this kind of stuff. And yeah, just explosions, um, just fantastic fun. So we, yeah. we have uh, we also have Ben and Jess who are together. Uh, so we find out that Ben is a real estate agent. Jess is a psychiatric nurse, and they go and they find 
uh, this creepy house that he was not into because he uh, is afraid of the dark. So her Yeah, job- but he also encourages her to take a drink too. And we actually, this is yeah. where we get the reveal that maybe she is not an alcoholic. Maybe it's Simon who's put it in her head that she drank too much. Um, and we're not 100% sure if she really is fighting something or if that is something that Simon manipulated her into thinking. This is where we start getting more questions about who set this whole shebang up. Right. And people start bringing up Simon's name as well as to, since he's the one who's not here, that's kind of suspicious. Mm-hmm. He's the only one and all this shit's happening to us. Maybe he's the killer on the loose or maybe he's the one who set them up to be killed and slaughtered here. Um, and so, yes, they... Um, Ben is terrified of the dark. And then, of course, they go deeper into like this evil, dead looking, creepy, like shack house uh, so with no lights. Just to like calm him down. He's like, sell the house to me. If you were a real estate agent, how would you sell it? He's like, lots of atmosphere. And you're like, there you go. We could just like get through it. It's fine. Uh, they find Aiden's eyes in the shack. Never a good thing. Uh, and we, Ben leaves with a machete and this is where we first see yeah, our- but we're not just, not just finds the eyes. It's a kill room. Like the room oh. that they find is like covered in blood and it's a kill room. Like you're like, oh, this is where he brings them to do whatever he's doing and then draw, drags them back to wherever they're going to be. I think it's yeah. Not what you want to find. No. Uh, and they, uh, so this is when we actually find, see the paintball warrior for the first time. So it's a gentleman in a, uh, with, a attire some sort of paintball armor and attire and, and a mask yeah he's got he's like a uh, mandalorian you know like <laughs> he's got like full helmet face so you can't see his face so we don't know who it is so this is where we're going to get like questions of identity um and he's got like full armor and regalia kind of uh paintball style on yeah. uh, and ben unfortunately is stabbed to death with a for sale sign uh, a unique kill. I don't think I've seen that one before in a horror film. But also this, the disturbing part is as he's doing it, also is like patting him very comfortingly as he's killing him. And I'm like, that's pretty creepy. I like it. That's a psychotic thing it's to a do. It's a total creepy killer move. And then the question comes up like, okay, he just got killed by a for sale sign. I was like, that guy just tried to sell us that house. He's a real estate agent. So whoever is doing the killing, we're starting to get a suspicion knows these people mm-hmm. and knows them well enough to know what their professions are based on what he's been taking away from them. Uh, so as they're on the run, uh, one of the friends, uh, Matt uh, falls into a pit and it hurts his leg. So now it's stuck down there and uh, Nathan and Lauren have to go and leave and try to get him help. But like, where are they going to go? They're all kind of lost. Um, and we find uh, Sarah. Uh, so Sarah had been um, the carpenter who had, had been commissioned to, build a giant crucifix like a giant wooden cross and so we find her smoking and then she's like hey over in the distance the giant wooden cross that's weird and you're like oh no yeah and she's like and she talks with um tommy about this and and you know she starts waxing philosophical which i love because she's stoned as well and she's just like the only way i'm getting through this is to smoke another another and another she's just getting more stoned out here because she's like there's no way to get out of here we don't know where we're going really i mean you know things considered easing her way out of this because she's like we're pretty much fucked like we're probably gonna die today um there's no way to there's transportation get out of here we don't know where we are every time we try to go someplace there's like landmines there's you know this whole place is basically booby trapped for us to not make it out of here made me feel very like tourist trap but like update you know in this like Mm -hmm. kind of setting um and someone who's very calculating and she says uh talks about travel and like you know how she's tried to go places and all these things but no matter where you go there you are and you're still kind of stuck with yourself. And she's just like, 
school hasn't stopped. This is where we get back to that conversation. Like it's the same. Like, do you remember, do you know who asked me to make this cross? 99% sure that's who's, who's out here killing us today. Yes. So So we, uh, she says just because someone gets older doesn't mean they grow up. True that. Uh, So we, we find out there's a gentleman named Carl Dixon who Mm -hmm. had hired her to make the cross and uh, find out that he was kind of the subject of everybody's bullying in one way or another. So we have uh, Simon as a suspect, and now we have this Carl Dixon fellow who's sorted to the mix who's also a suspect. So which one is it? Which one is the killer? Yeah. And of course, she gives another beautiful Too Fast, Too Furious uh, conversation here, too. That's just super great. Um, but talks about like our lifetimes and about kids and growing up and all that stuff, too, and and connects those dots. And I think this is I love this moment in the movie because this was like the heart of it. I was like, oh, OK, this really movie is really like don't bully people. Yeah. You know, it's like if you want to put it as like this is a like sneaky anti-bullying campaign of a movie. Yes, it is, because it really does. I think those moments do stick with you. I mean, I feel like we all have probably, have you know scars and wounds of childhood, you know, that are kind of with us. You remember the, that person who was terrible to you and it sticks with you. But if there's that one person who literally got it from all sides and there's this whole group of people and they all have a terrible story with him, like these are not like gentle, funny bullying stories or anything that are like, this like, is like Carrie white level kind of yep. na- nonsense, like real bad. Like I'm sleeping with your girlfriend in front of you. <laughs> like stories, like just bad. Yeah. Terrible. So the killer um, p- shows up with Matt who has fallen in the hole, puts a coffin in the hole with him uh, and convinces him to crawl in there. And it's like, Oh, and now I just happen to have this handy thing to bulldozer to just fill in this dirt. We'll just bury you alive quite nicely. Uh, which is uh, a terrible, terrible way to go. Just no fun at all. Um, but uh, okay, so then question: We have the, we have a character uh, stabbed to death with a for sale sign, eyes gouged out, or buried alive. Out of those three choices, oh, what would I pick? Yeah. Oh, definitely the impalement. I feel like right. Oh, because I was like, buried alive sounds the less pain. It would be painless, but also you just be panicked. You suffocate. For hours, hours, hours. Yeah, you suffocate, and you left him with a flashlight. So it's like, okay, I'm just in here, like. With myself in this box. Well, this no, is where I definitely we cut go to for- like the Ryan Reynolds movie where he's just in the coffin the whole time. And it's like, you can, you just got to like work it out, man. You just got to get out of there. There's I know. Then I was like, very kill Bill in my mind. I was like, okay, like I'm just like, <laughs> with my little hand, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, punch my way out of the freaking box. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, we- I don't think he's that, that guy, this guy's that talented or strong or has that yeah. type of mental capacity. He was already kind of a, one of the more broken people going into this as well, too. Um, he was the one. He was the one who was in the military, I believe, as well, too, and which had already like had gone through. A, uh, he's a lot. the one who was the prison guard. Who's not? Oh yeah, guard. he's not. He was not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we also find the uh, Simon's uh, kill room, which is a bunch of. So he works for a pharmaceutical company. So it's a bunch of his products that are out there. So they surmise that the killer was going to make Simon OD on his own products. Uh, but is well, that, Jess posits that, but Rob's not 100 yeah, percent sure. So is it something that he set up to make people think that he was also going to be killed or was it actually the killer setting it up for him? We don't know. Um, Lauren ends up kissing Nathan, not expectedly, but he's like, oh, kind of a good day now. And you're like, wow. I guess so. Oh, the only thing that brightened his little day. I mean, he's the one who was about to kill himself at the beginning of the film. So to have this girl who like was, is undoubtedly one of the hot girls, you know, like, like give him some attention when he felt like no one cared anymore. 
kind of a moment. So even though she ruins it immediately, but you know, for that one second, it's very nice. Um, and now we find uh, the Marshal Shelley, who we find the scene. Here we are, uh, and she's glorious. sitting there. It's glorious, really glorious, beautiful, beautiful, excellent. If you want a movie where someone sticks their hands in someone's guts to get a pair of keys, this movie's for you. We got it. We got it. It's right here. Paintball freaking massacre. Dig in, kids. It's like getting into a big bowl of spaghettios, spaghetti, something, you know. Yeah, but like real big and bloated ones. Stop. And you just Stop. dig on in with your hands, with just your hand no. into the. But the great thing about it is you have, you know, this woman who's obviously suffering, uh, which Lauren has no capacity to even care about and she you know she's she's whimpering and you know he put the keys in my guts and she, lauren just sticks her hands and like immediately she's like okay great and just there you are i was like wow no, doesn't care about the other woman's pain just going for it no i think she she gets that there's pain but she's also like that lady doesn't have a chance right now we still do gonna get the keys gonna make sure we have a fighting chance because the keys are not just any keys are the keys to the armory and the armory does have additional weapons and other things and all the stuff that they like the real higher grade things that they hid earlier as well are also in the armory and like marcia shelley lets her know that like there's right. some good stuff in there you could probably use it well, honestly, from a final girl standpoint, Lauren's pretty badass, right? Like she's not, she's doing everything herself. She's like getting everything in weapons, not afraid to go ahead in a situation, not afraid to do something terrible. And it's just, because I think a lot of the trap that the final girl's fallen is like the, you don't have the confidence to do it and you're waiting for somebody else to help you. And she's like, yeah. no, no, no. I or they're like paralyzed in fear and she's like, not, not that girl. No, she doesn't seem really afraid. She just seems kind of annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's like, I had things to do today. Nail I was going to go, you know, get my nails done and like go out and get my photo taken. And, you know, like she had a plan for the day and this is not her plan. So she's like, this is messing up my agenda. Let's fix it. Hands in guts. Yeah. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Uh, so and Jess is in the kill room now, too. And she grabs some a knife as well to, so she's arming up. So we're getting like final girl status like across the board for the yeah, girls right now. suiting up. Yeah, um, and just realizes that he knows who they are. Like realizes how personalized everything is going to be, and uh, she hides under the table when she hears the killer come in with Rob, and is under the table while he's being killed on top of it, and just all of his blood dripping down on her. So she's now Carrie Whited again. Just just looks like she's been covered in blood, but she has, and it's just gnarly. Yeah, he, she, he's like been gutted and as she grabs the knife from this room though too it's like now she looks like the killer because she's doused in blood and holding a knife mm -hmm. so she looks like a suspect and people still are not sure 100 percent sure not everyone's put together all the all the dots and the pieces um as well because they've all you know scattered about and are getting different parts of the story and sarah's like this is like he wants us to know like that's what he wants and like jessel's too is like this is what he wants like he wants us to think um that there's no way out. And we also like, you just got to be smart about what he's going to try to get you with. Cause it's all orchestrated for you kids. Yeah. It's all for you. And you know, this is also an interesting take on the slasher movie. Cause a lot of times you have kids in woods with someone like Jason who, I mean, he does set up things kind of, but not really. It's just kind of a plotting thing where this is like, okay, now someone really is very, very smart and has also taken a lot of time to, fix everything just so so really if someone knows you that well 
it's a hard, hard thing. And so we find, uh, just find Sarah who is crucified, of course, to her own cross with a barbed wire crown, uh, and lights, lights her joint for her and does her fast and furious quote for her. Yeah. And basically they're, that's when they're all just like, it's fucked too <laughs> again, because there's not much they can do. Yeah. And Tommy freaks out. I love this right after too, where he has like, I'd rather be home playing my Xbox. And this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing today. This is not my plan either. And like has a, has a temper tantrum and yeah. like, Laura, be here today. <laughs> yeah. It's very sweet, but also just like Lauren has no patience for this. She's just like snap out of it, dude. Like none of us had, this was nobody's plan. Hello. Like now we have to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Lauren and Tommy see Jess and they talk about Carl Dixon and they discuss all the things that they actually did to this guy. Right. And it is not good. And they try to like play it off like it was just school. And Jess is like, no, no, no. It was not just school. The things that we did to him. Yeah. Because it's I mean, you have uh, Lauren who who pantsed him in front of everybody, which is, you know, that's pretty, pretty bad. But then we have with the, the what out is uh, what because Jess feels like she didn't really she didn't really do anything. And he's like, oh, well, you kind of did because uh, Simon's idea was to set it up so that Carl Dixon would come in and walk in and see Jess, who he had a really big crush on having sex with somebody else. And so they had set it up for that. And so Simon was watching and Carl was watching and it was all this big manipulative thing. Uh which is pretty pretty terrible. But you have someone like Jess who's blame-free in that situation, right? She didn't know anybody was watching. So you have it something where you realize years later you've done something terrible to someone you didn't even know about it, which is pretty sad. It's super fucked up. And um, and they realize like maybe if we apologize, maybe that'll help. But it's like that's kind of like their Hail Mary at this point too because it's like this guy's decidedly killed all your other friends so far and it's got you on the kill list as well. You're probably just saying sorry. He's probably not going to cut it. Yeah, probably not the whole thing. This is definitely, you know, like revenge for the bullies, you know? Mm -hmm. So good. So uh, we have uh, Jess pushes Tommy, knocks him out, uh, finds uh, Lauren's face uh, cut off. Face off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she got no face. It, it, it was like very like uh, repo <laughs> genetic <laughs> opera. Like I was like, she could go get a new one though. Like she could <laughs> Paris Hilton this. Like she could get a whole new face. Um, which so is kind of, yeah. Tommy's our lifeguard. So uh, he, of course, gets tied to a lifeguard chair and pushed in the water. Uh, and drowned. Okay. There and Jess are. tries to get him out of there and to no avail because he used that same like barbed wire around his wrist to like uh, and put him on under that that he had used for the um the crown for the crucifix crucifixion uh, uh so she yeah. finds that there's uh she th who she thinks is the killer in a, a little barn area who is there uh and all has the uniform on and the mask and everything and so she does a she takes a drink out of her flask and does a, a molotov cocktail with a flask i was like i don't know if i've seen that i liked it i was like yeah. I, it would work why it was very I inventive final girl moment yes uh, but of course, it is not. We do have a full body burn. Can we just say that? Because we always got to point them out. Everybody loves a full body burn. In honor of our friend Matt Dinah, we always got to point out a full body burn anytime yeah. and every time. We love it. Um, but we realize it's Nathan who had been framed to look like the killer, and the killer had dressed him up just like him. And of course, he's the fireman. Hello. Yes. Got he's set on fire. dying by fire, of course. <laughs> Um, so the, the only thing that she in the, she has the struggle with the killer in there, uh, the mask mask comes off in there. She doesn't look though. 
and like walks away. And I was like, interesting. But then uh killer comes out, takes his, takes his mask off uh, and they wave at each other and he points for her to like go, leave. And that's it. So, and she leaves and I was like, oh, she didn't kill him. Cause she threw him, like hit him on the head with a rock. And I was like, she didn't double tap. Cause he came out right after her. I was like, oh no. And then he does let her go. So then maybe because like we'd learned earlier in that story, she was the one who kind of really didn't know that she had done something wrong to him. So well, I, I kind of feel like it still could go either way. Like I didn't feel like it's not a clear who is it. Cause I think with both people that could have, would have been the same thing. So. Oh I, yeah. Oh yeah. So I like that. It's like, is it Simon? Is it Carl? Uh, we don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but it's cool that it could be either person. And like, was she the Lord? Are they really, were they really not getting married? Was she just the lure them there? Like, and make them feel like it was a thing or yeah. All sorts of, uh, all sorts of possibilities. And I, I thought that was really cool. And I, I think it took, uh, takes courage to do that, to have it where you don't have like the big reveal and then the big speech and like, how could you do this to me? And like that all like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to cut here. And I'm like, I like it. Yeah. Didn't need it. Cool. All right. You want right, to hear some gore factor? Oh my gosh. Gore factor. Um, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, a bath- enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood and run. Four, five, I can really do it today. Five, run for the barf bag. Um, this is a full five, you guys. There's a lot going on. If you're going to reach into someone's guts and grab some keys to a building, I think that's going to give you a five. Yeah. Totally. Um, I So we got some movie ratings going on. Number one, chainsaws if you're desperate. Two chainsaws if you barely qualify as a horror film. Three chainsaws, seen worse, seen better. Four chainsaws, not too shabby. Five chainsaws, fantastic oracle. I give this movie a four. I thought it was really, really fun. And I thought there was like, I want, what I want from a horror movie is I want cool characters and the characters that I care about and like creative kills and everybody's, it was just, a, it was a fun ride. Yeah, the reunion was a good device. At first, I was like, "What the heck?" And then I was like, "Oh, this is so you get to know everybody and see where they fall in the in the family." And I thought that was a really fun way to to set it off. Um, I would love to see an American version of this now too, because uh, high school reunions are crazy. Uh, <laughs> fabulous. I also give this a four. Um, well done, and um, also really made me want to go to England again, yes. um, not to get massacred or anything, but just yeah. to hang out like in in a in a pub and talk to a surly like bar- bartender. And <laughs> they're either they're either super super hot or super surly. Like it's like one or the other. You don't get like anywhere in between. Um, but Terry and I are uh, love England and miss it every day. So seeing this was a joy, um, and so happy we got to help a friend out with this cool episode and talk about his movie. So please watch it if it is streaming, uh, and you will be having a good time. So yeah. thank you for listening. We are on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a Patreon if you would like to support us. We also have a Teespring if you need some merch. We got cute stuff on there. Uh, and next week, we're going to jump to a movie. Uh, another another full five in gore, I can say right ahead. That's not spoiling anything. It's true. Uh, this is a movie called Frontiers that I saw when it first came out that I loved. And it is an intense ride. Okay, so I'm going to go on an intense ride. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm nervous. It's going to be great. Frontiers next week, you guys. Join us. Thanks. See Bye. you then. Bye. <laughs>